I get too tipsy. Wait, did you want to try it? <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll let you try it. If not, I'll just All snap right. us back in and then right. I'll do it. Try to say similar things that I was saying before, like you know, say? talking about how it's Halloween like this month. And then in light of that, we got a spooky unsolved mystery. And then, you know, in light of it being Halloween and the Tupac, I'll just do it. Fuck it. I'll do it. I try. Like, try give it? me a fucking shot, dude. Damn. Damn Don't dismiss me like that. All right. Fine. Yeah. A few Yahoo on this motherfucker. Uh, all right, fuck it. Let's go. Let's try it. So, talk about a little, a little bit about the month of Halloween with the scary movies and shit. Tupac mystery almost coming to an end. And on top of that, we've got a horror mystery esque type of story to talk about. Okay. All right. That enough? Yes. All right. Let me snap this in. And then once I'm. Okay. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome everybody to the Midnight Project. It's me, L A M O N T, with JD in the place to be. Now we're coming live with a spooky October. <laughs> I fucked it up already. Yeah. <laughs> when you said coming live, I was like, we're not live. live. That's the part where I fucked up. I'm like, wait, we're I, not I live. That's when you would pause because I was like, yeah. We're not live. We're not live. You're lying. You're selling a lie. You're selling a lie. All right, fuck it. Let me do this. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Midnight Project. Of course, this is our first episode from Splitting Channels from the last one we were on. And if you followed us here, I want to go ahead and just thank you right off the bat. Now, this episode here coming to you from the month of October. And we all know we love October for Halloween. Yep. All the, the scary movies, the candy, the ghouls and goblins, the monsters. It is fun. So in light of it being the month of Halloween and my birthday, Mine I wanted too. to also throw out there that there's a murder mystery coming to an end. They're getting closer and closer to finally solving the Tupac murder. Yeah. But in light of that, there are many murders out there that have not been solved. And this one that we're going to talk about today kind of fits the bill for both it being kind of spooky and being an unsolved murder mystery. Right. For how long? 42 years now. Dang. That's a so long it's been time. 42 years for this murder, the murder of Dorothy Jane Scott. So a little back story here. Dorothy was a single mother living in Stanton, California with her son at her aunt's house. Her son was four years old at this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dorothy also worked two jobs in Anaheim, both owned by the same owner. Uh, and she was basically a uh, clerk uh, it was like a backroom secretary type of deal. So she probably did the paperwork and right, all right, that, right, the, right. you know, payroll, shit like that. Right. Dorothy's parents, Jacob and Vera Scott, also lived in Anaheim. So she would regularly just drop her son off there and then go to work. Okay. Now, Dorothy was in a very brief marriage that failed. Um, and so the husband 
the ex-husband moved back to Missouri, I believe it was, to be with family and friends. So he split once the divorce was finalized. After that, Dorothy decided to become more devout in her Christianity and, and started rebuilding her faith in Christian faith, Christian religion. She gave herself to God. Okay. Yeah, Nothing she gave herself to God. Higher being, higher power. And by all accounts, Dorothy was a very dependable, organized, kind woman, good mother. Um, she didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't do drugs. She didn't go out and party. She would literally spend all of her time. She was a homebody. She was. She'd spend all her time with her son and at church. Those were the only two places she ever really went. I wonder, did they call that that back in those days? A homebody? Yeah. I think 80, what was this, 80, 1980? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, did they say that? I'm a homebody. It's possible. It's possible that's when that term was coined. So, months before Dorothy's abduction, she would start receiving phone calls at work. Okay. And the phone calls would be some unknown male that would call and do one of two things every time they'd call. They would either be professing their love for her or they would be talking about how they want to kill her. Very okay. different ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, this right? dude was way off the wagon. Like one day he was just loving her. Mm-hmm. And then one day he just, I'm going to murder you. Yes. And it gets worse. Yeah. What? 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 Because bipolar disorder. Well, not only was she getting calls at work, her mother would get calls at home. He was threatening the mother too. He was not threatening the mother, more like leaving messages. So the first message of many that Vera Scott received from this unknown person was he called and said, go outside. I have a present for you. And just like every fucking well-plotted like horror movie and slasher film. What Kevin Hart say? No, 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 don't do it. it. Don't do it. So like every well-plotted slasher film out there, Vera decided, Vera decided to go outside. And she goes outside and on her car windshield, she finds a single dead rose. Loud noise. That's when the popcorn flies. (laughs) I mean, that's just... It's already like so many yeah, red it's flags. Eerie. It's eerie it's already. Very like, eerie. Creepy man calls you with a creepy voice. You know, hey Sydney. Yeah, it, that that's Stand the vibe. Rose it kinda, outside. That's the vibe it kind of gave me when I first heard yeah. it. It made me think of that opening scene from the first Scream movie. And it's even worse if it was nighttime. I don't know if it was nighttime, but oh, uh, for these calls, I don't think it was for the majority of them. No, okay. no, because she's at work and stuff like that, and so most businesses close. So and she probably her mom leaves. was just at home mm-hmm. chilling. This guy After, calls. afternoon and evening calls were were the majority of these. Some people are just sick, dude. Yeah, and the calls got started getting worse. The calls that Dorothy started getting, she started getting some saying uh, how he's going to get her alone and cut her up into little bits so no one can ever find her. Yep. So it's, it's terrifying. So it's terrifying. But I mean, he gave you the playbook. He told, yeah, he basically told he you what said he going to do. He gets you alone. So what did I learn from that? Don't be alone. Don't be alone. Yep. Ever. You need a chaperone 24 yeah. 7. So that call scared her so much. That she contemplated getting a gun. Okay. Which would have been, it would have been a brilliant idea then, right? But because she had a four-year-old, that steered her away from that because she had fear. 
you know, gun safety tips and stuff like that and education on gun control. Just, you know, it wasn't wasn't big then. Um, he was worried that her son would eventually get a hand on the gun and hurt himself or hurt somebody else. So she opted to do karate lessons. And listen, nothing against that, right? But if somebody's threatening to kill you now, karate yeah. lessons are something you should have started maybe ten five, years 10 years prior to getting these kind of threats because you're not yes. going to learn enough to of be, the self-defense and the principles. Yeah. To be lethal in karate, to, be, to, to have enough skills and develop enough skill set to be able to defend yourself and, you know, get away from someone. Especially you being a woman and him a man, overpowering him and getting away is just takes some years. Yeah, it take me some years to get really proficient at karate. Yeah, you know because discipline, you have to overcome your fears and be able to control yourself in some type of situation like that. So right, yeah, that was kind of the I won't say the bad move, but. Not the best move. I get that she was trying something. It just was the wrong something to try. So moving on. On May 28th, 1980, Dorothy had a staff meeting at work at one of her two jobs. And that she would be late to pick up her son, Sean, from her parents' house. Um, At 9 p.m. that night at the staff meeting, she notices that one of her co-workers, Conrad Bostron, was looking very ill and he had like a red lump on his arm. What's his name? Conrad Bostron. It's like Boston, but with an R squeezed in there. I don't like that name. Well. Sounds suspicious. (laughs) Bostron. I've never heard that name before. But yeah, that's Mm. what his name was. Sound made up. And so Dorothy and another co-worker by the name of Pam Head. I know. It's a weird name. What's, What's her name? Pam Head. I'm not going to say nothing. No. They they left the staff meeting early with Conrad to take him to the hospital because, again, he wasn't looking good, right? So they decided to take him to the UC Irvine Medical Center. But on the way there, they stop at Dorothy's parents' house so that way she could check on her son. And while she was there checking on her son, she decided to change scarves, right? She was wearing a black scarf. For whatever reason, she said she wanted the red one. I don't know. Y'all like to change clothes for no reason sometimes. I mean, I don't get it, but all right. So she changes her scarf, and then they head out. Once they're at at the hospital, it was determined that what was wrong with Conrad was that he was bit by a black widow. Okay? But the whole time that they're in the ER and they're examining Conrad, Pam said that Dorothy was with her by her side the entire time, never left her sight. Okay. Okay. So, so far, so good. You got somebody constantly threatening to kill your ass. If they get you alone, you're not alone. Right. Correct. Smart. That's the move to do. Exactly. When Conrad was discharged by the doctor to leave, they gave him a prescription. They all walked down to the pharmacy so they could pick up his prescription. But all three of them, when they get to the pharmacy, instead of, Dorothy waiting in line with Pam and Conrad decides I'll go get the car and bring it around front. So that way Conrad doesn't have to walk so far. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Conrad didn't have to walk. I mean, what's wrong with his legs? I mean, he's, you know, he's got a spider bite. He's ill. He's sick. He's getting medication. Oh, he's, he's, he's fucked up. Conrad's thought, fucked up at this listen, point, right? Listen, man, 
you got this creepy motherfucking scream dude calling your phone talking about he gonna turn you into kibbles and bits fuck conrad well so that's that's what they did now so pam and conrad uh after a few minutes of waiting for dorothy to come back they still don't see her car pull up at the exit so they decide to walk out and walk to the er parking lot as they walk to the ER parking lot, they see Dorothy's car come speeding towards them. Now, they couldn't see who was behind the wheel of the car because they were blinded by the lights. It's nighttime already at this point, right? So the, the car just frantically drives out of the parking lot down the road. And they don't, they, they were, they were at first, they didn't think nothing of it. They were just like, oh, shit. Maybe she had an emergency with her son, Sean. Maybe she's leaving for that, didn't have time to tell us. We'll just wait here, I guess. So they waited at the hospital for a couple hours before they finally decided to report her missing. Okay. So once they report her missing after a few hours go by, around 4.30 a.m. on May 29th, Dorothy's white Toyota White 73 Toyota station wagon yeah, her was Decepticon wagon. Yeah, was found abandoned, burning in an alley 10 miles away from the hospital. Okay. One week after the disappearance of Dorothy's uh, of, of Dorothy, her parents decided that or receive another call with the guy saying that I got her. One week after. So for a week of her disappearance, cops tell her, you know what, don't do nothing. Don't go to the media or anything like that. Let us investigate. Right. And then in that week, they get a call from the guy. And all he says is, I got her and hung up. A few more weeks go by without any breaks in the case. Dude. Yeah. Imagine being parents and you're like, fuck, I got to keep this grandkid here. Fuck. (laughs) Sure. That's not what they were thinking, but. A few more weeks go by and there's still no break in the case. So Jacob and Vera Scott decide, you know what? Let's go to the fucking news because the, the the cops aren't getting anywhere with this. So they go to the Orange County Register, which is a, a newspaper out there at the time, to run the story. On June 12th, 1980, an editor at the Register gets a phone call. And it was the guy who called and said, I killed her. I killed Dorothy. She was my love. I caught her cheating with another man. She denied having someone else. I killed her. Right? Wow. Now, in that same conversation with this editor. That's a deep ass phone call. And it gets spookier than that. Because while he was also on the phone with the editor, he started talking about how he knew that Conrad got bit by a spider. And Conrad, dude. And that he knew that Dorothy drove home first and changed scarves after her work meeting. Uh, that's why the scarf was important. Okay. Because he like she changed scarves. Okay. Because these were both details. Wow. And the reason why I made it a point to point those out was because these were both details that the register didn't run in their story. So nobody knew this so nobody, unless you were immediately around her that day. Exactly. That final, final hour. So nobody could say they read the story and then just call in this bro. fucking prank anonymous fucking call, right? You can't get any more spooky October than that, bro. That's yeah. spooky. Yeah. That's spooky. So like, Did he follow her from work? 
Was he at work? Was it? That's crazy. All questions yet to be answered and probably at this point will never be answered. So on August 6th, 1984, construction workers discovered human and dog bones side by side about 30 feet from the Santa Ana Canyon Road. The four years later. Four years later. The bones were partially charred. And the, they tried to say, well, maybe this happened because of um, a brush fire that happened two years ago in 82. Santa, Santa Ana uh, fires or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, a, Along with the remains was recovered a watch that was stopped at exactly 1230 a.m. on May 29th. And that was about one hour after Pam and Conrad saw her leaving the parking lot in her car. She, so they were pretty much discharged around 11, 11.30. They were discharged at 11, and then by the time, like, getting the medicine and then seeing her car leave. So it was about 11.30 when they probably saw the car leave. 12.30 is when the clock was stopped on that watch. Wow. Coincidental? Who knows? Maybe that's, you know, the time that he actually killed her and stopped her watch then. Maybe the watch worked with her heart rate, heartbeat. Maybe they both. They, they didn't have that in 1984, bro. In 1980, come on, relax. <laughs> oh, man. You know, oh my boy, thinking too much about this year. <laughs> Her and uh, her watch so just went out together. Dental records were done, and to finally confirm that the remains were indeed Dorothy's. Okay, two days after that hit the news, yeah. saying that it was confirmed that it was Dorothy's. Her parents get the call from this anonymous guy again. And all he says is, is Dorothy there? And hangs up. What a piece of shit. What a sick Damn, fucking bro. bastard, right? Even, even after the abduction and after the death. So the calls started beforehand. Even after Dorothy's death was determined, they were still getting calls at the Scott's house. Four fucking years later. Four years. For months later after that, they were getting fucking calls still from this guy. And all he would ever say was, I had Dorothy or I killed her. So he already, yeah, it's just a sick, sick motherfucker. Sick in the head. Cops, cops tried to put recorders on the phones to try and, uh, and, you know, see if they could trace the phone. But of course, he's never on long enough for any of that to happen. So they never get a good tracking on the phone. The calls only stopped when Jacob finally answered the phone one evening. Did Jacob four years to finally pick up the phone? I mean, must not be a, a phone guy. He probably don't talk on the phone. Huh? Probably a texter. <laughs> For what? Pigeons and Braille? Calm down. It's 80. <laughs> so the, mur- the murder is still to this day unresolved. Um, Sean, the son, he grew older, obviously, and he was in a vlog in 2017 where he stated that a guy by the name of Mark Butler was the one that killed his mom, said that Mark Butler was a co-worker that was obsessed with Dorothy and that cops had eyes on him, but never had enough to officially charge him. Now, while that could gra- grab some sort of closure for people, maybe they could think that's him. Of course, you know, a year after this vlog is when Mark Butler dies. He dies in, or no, actually a couple years before he died in 2014. 
Yeah, you, you forgive said me. the vlog was 2017? Yeah, and the vlog was 2017. Yeah, so so three, three years, years prior to this is when Mark Butler died. My question was, uh, would have been for Sean is, you were four years old when all this happened. How are you going to know all this? How are you going to know it was Mark Butler? How are you going to know he was obsessed with your mom? Because maybe as he got older to, to the early 20s, Maybe late teens. Maybe he started doing his own investigation and talking to some of her coworkers. It's possible. It's yeah. a vlog I kind of want to look up and and, uh, yeah, he, and see if I can get more started, info. He probably questioned Miss Head. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that is that is the story for this evening. Uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it. By the way, that, that is a horrible name. Ham Head. <laughs> Bruh. It sounds like Panhead, like the motorcycles. Change your name. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, again, 42 years in counting. And with Man. all the main people involved, dead, even both of uh, the Scots, Vera and Jacob, they're both well passed on at this point as well. So it is probably one of those murders that will never get so resolved. She's dead. Both of the parents dead. The main suspect is dead. Or the guy they suspected. Yeah, he, I can't even say main suspect. You know, they they tried to to uh, see if maybe her ex husband did it, but yeah. during the time of her abduction and stuff, it was verified that he was still in Missouri with family and working and all that so kind of stuff. So him. yeah, so they they did they found enough to clear him. Damn. So he's not a suspect. Yeah. So, so now her son is just. The last thing left, huh? And he's probably well in his 50s, maybe 60s almost. Imagine how that would still eat at you, though, to know that it'll never be solved. So who do you think got the worst out of this? Probably Sean. Think so? Well, I don't know. Vera getting those calls every day and like, I, I think imagine the, the chills that probably was, went through her body went, when that first call went out and she years, went outside. Four years of torture on the phone. Not even, just, even after she was gone. Four, four years. But try but try putting yourself in her shoes with that first call where he says, go outside, I have a present for you. Bruh. The chills, the instant yeah, chills them, them that must have went through her body. Them chills will turn me to Joyner Lucas. <laughs> I'm going to load up the chopper and ride it around, bro. Yeah. <laughs> My that's God. it. Like, no. That's, that's bulletproof vest every day like I'm in G-Unit. Yeah. Like, I'm not, bro. But anyways, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to our first episode of Spooky October. Yes, we we are actually starting over with the episode count. It just seems like the right thing to do. So this is yes. episode one. Yes. So I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, subscribe, share, and show that you care. Yes, thank you.